We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, now. it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Very, very excited for today's episode. Got one of my favorite returning guests on. If you haven't listened to this podcast for very long, if and if not, welcome. Uh, my buddy Brian Gill has been on the show a few times to uh, to talk movies. Brian is one of the best in the business. He is the co-host of Mad About Movies, which is one of the the best and oldest movie podcasts in the game. Uh, Brian was on, you know, about two years ago, talking about his best movies of the decade, best sports movies of the decade. He's come on to cover Field of Dreams, A Knight's Tale. Brian is just a guy I like talking movies with. He's also a guy that I follow on Letterboxd, and as I'll go into in this episode, I was looking at his Letterboxd ratings and discovered that some some fairly beloved movies, some fairly well-acclaimed movies, Brian has given one star. So today, Brian's coming on to talk about some movies he hates. This episode, even if you don't know Brian, you'll get to know Brian pretty well, is he sticks to his guns on these takes, and I really enjoyed having him on, really enjoyed hearing him just rant about some movies that a lot of people love. You might love them, uh, but Brian hates them. If you enjoy Brian on this one, go check out uh, Mad About Movies. Uh, we only talk about one sports movie on this one, not going to give it away, but uh, we are getting back into sports movies next week, and that's because of our first Big Screen Sports Patron's Choice movie. Uh, the Big Screen Sports Patreon, the the members, the supporters of the podcast have chosen The Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler version, the 2005 version, to be the month of August, our Patron's Choice movie. My buddy J.R. Hickey is returning for that one, so next Monday we're going to be talking about The Longest Yard, talking about how Michael Irvin and probably probably a lot of the other cast members were definitely on steroids for that movie. It's it's the ultimate like TNT MTV that movie was always on in in the 2000s so I, I'm looking forward it's one of the few movies that I've thought do I really need to even rewatch this I, I still actually just finished it but um, it's an episode I'm looking forward to and if you want to take part in deciding the patron's choice movie of the month for September you can go to patreon.com/slash big screen sports it's a chance for anyone who's enjoyed the show to 
help me out a little bit, support the show, and also uh, putting it back into your hands as far as the content of the show, what you as listeners want to hear. So you get, if you join the Patreon, you get to vote on a movie every single month, the, the Patron's Choice movie, as well as a Patron's Choice episode, picking topics, questions, AMAs, stuff like that. Uh, this The month in August, we're getting input from the patrons as far as who everyone's five favorite sports movie hangs are. Like, spoiler alert, I would obviously love to hang out with Crash Davis. So we're, we're going to hear what the patrons think, who they want to hang out with from sports movies. So patreon.com slash sports. You get to support the show. You get to pick content for the show. And you get stickers. I just mailed out the first round of Big Screen Sports stickers. Uh, so the, those should be in the mail for new patrons. And I want to shout out our producer patrons. That's Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Christine, and Kevin Frost. Huge shout out to them. We're also going to be back with some Ted Lasso rewatch on Thursday, uh, doing that for all of season two. I don't know if you've been watching it, but if you have, Ted Lasso season two is just, it's somehow taking it to another level. I'm very excited to get back to that on Thursday. But without further ado, let's talk to my buddy Brian Gill about some movies that he really hates. Joining me today on Big Screen Sports, he's a returning guest, multiple-time guest, uh, co-host of Mad About Movies and Spread the Floor. It is Brian Gill. Brian, thank you for returning to Big Screen Sports. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is always a good time, so I'm I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to be here anytime anytime you want to want me to come on or or the uh, the listeners are clamoring for it. I, I'm sure that's a that's a huge part of of why I'm here today. I do get Brian Gill requests. What was our What was our last movie? Was it A Knight's Tale? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and we did that one on Mad About Movies a couple months ago too. Um, and I, I referenced this because I was, I was, you know, I get to watch that twice in like a two month span and talk about it both times. It was good times. It was good times. I, I, I love that movie. Yeah. Shout out to Night's Tale. Shout out Paul Bettany. Uh, speaking of Mad About Movies, tell the folks uh, where they can get it, where they can get spread the floor. Sure, uh, Mad About Movies. We've been around forever. It seems like like eight plus years now. Uh, just did our like 750th episode, I think. So you can get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you uh, wherever you listen to wherever you're listening to this. We are there as well, um, and we have a VIP club as well, a Patreon that I know you launched one of those recently too. So hope that's going well. Um, we've had I did I did good. We've had a Patreon for like three or four years, and uh, and we do so every week. We do a normal episode on the main feed where we review the biggest movie of the of the week. Uh, and then on our, our Patreon feed, we do a throwback to a an older movie, usually something that's, you know, got a sequel that's coming out or is celebrating, you know, a 20th or 30th anniversary, something like that. And you guys did some Seinfeld on that too, right? Yeah, we did. Last year, uh, we, did a, we did a Seinfeld retrospective. So that was uh, like however many seasons, what is it, nine seasons of Seinfeld? So there was nine, nine months through the year or eight months, whatever it is, that we did, a, we did one season of that. Um, as one of our VIP episodes, and this year, this year our retrospectives are uh, we're going through the Marvel movies, but instead of going chronologically or release count, we're doing them by groups. So, like we just did the Captain America movies in July. We've got the Guardians of the Galaxy movies coming up uh, here in August, and then we're also doing The Office as well, season by season. So we just did season four of the office and season five will be uh will be in august as well so we're doing a retrospective on that and it's it's been good times i love the office um and it's been i haven't watched it for a couple years knowing that we were going to be doing this and so it's been it's been really fun to go back and revisit a show that i've seen 
dozens and dozens of times at this point. 5,000 times. Yeah, yeah. It was just the, the ultimate comfort show, I think. Um, and so, but it's fun, it, you know, it's fun to look at it through the lens of sort of a critical eye but but um but also all three of us being really big fans of it and stuff so yeah it's been it's been a good time nice and tell the folks about spread the floor oh yeah yeah, spread the floor is a basketball podcast me and my buddy tobin uh who's been on some some mad about movies episodes has he been over here yet i can't remember if he's if he's tobin has here. not been over here yet okay we'll have to we'll have to arrange that yeah, for sure. Or don't. I'll pay you not to. Um, I want to make sure that my brand stays bigger than his. But uh, yeah, we just do an, it's an NBA podcast. Um, and it's, I think it's a pretty good show, but it's, you know, there's a billion NBA podcasts. So it's kind of hard to, to find uh, space in that market and stuff. But I think we do a pretty good show. We have a good time with it. And we cover, we cover uh, the whole, the league as a whole. Um, not just like we're both Mavs fans, but we, we don't just focus on the Mavs. It's, it's everything NBA related. Well, links to both of those are going to be in the show notes. And now you mentioned Mad About Movies. You guys have been in in the movie podcast game pretty much longer than anyone. And you, we you have, yeah, watched yeah. A ton we were the of first movies. one, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, you've watched a ton of movies, <laughs> and part of that is the reason that that you're here today. That we're here to talk because <laughs> I I've I've said before on this show I'm a huge fan of the app Letterboxd, and I, I follow a few people on Letterboxd. Brian was actually the first person I followed because nice. no one I've seen has rated more movies than Brian. Because you have to watch a ton of movies. For Mad About Me, you yeah. pretty much have to watch everything that's a notable release, and you've had to for the last eight years, right? Yeah, I mean, 700, 750 episodes, and I watch about 100 movies a year. That's kind of my my goal. There's years where it's more like 80, and there's years where it's 120 or something, but I try to get to about 100 so that, because I'm an idiot, and I'm just, I'm a, I'm, I'm a completionist, and I feel like, well, if I'm going to say that this is the best movie of the year or the worst movie of the year, then I ought to. I don't know that. Um, I can't just allow myself to not have done all that stupid work. Um, but I am also obsessed with 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 archiving and lists and spreadsheets and things like that. So I started using Letterbox. I wish that I had used it from from the get go with with Mad About Movies. Um, I wasn't. I was just using a Word document or a, or a spreadsheet or whatever for forever. I have lists on my my own like personal website going back to like, I think 2004 was the first year that I started uh, tracking what movies I was watching and grading them all out and all that kind of stuff. All of those obviously haven't made their way into Letterboxd. I think I started using it in 2018, but anything I watch now goes, gets a grade and gets a, gets put on whatever list it's supposed to be on. And, uh, and I'm kind of obsessive about that, I guess. Yeah, no, you've done an exhaustive job in, in cataloging all the movies on Letterboxd. Because, like, I also I follow your co-host, Kent, and he hasn't logged nearly as many movies yeah, as you. Yeah, so, he's Don't even get me started on Richard, the other guy. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. But uh, No, like, I, I wish that now, when you messaged me and, and asked about doing this, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine to do that. That sounds great. It's going to be a, a good time. But it also has, like, ticked off the kind of uh, – the OCD in me of kind of like, I've known that I don't have all these movies logged from, from 2004 to 2017 or whatever. I I know, but I kind of had put it like out of my brain. And now, now I'm kind of thinking maybe I need to spend a day going through and, and all of those lists. So thanks for that. I'm I'm sure I'll, I'll blow a whole day on, 
on that kind of stuff as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that would give us a, a, another episode <laughs> to go on. But I mean, so the thing with Letterboxd for folks that are unfamiliar, um, you can write reviews of movies. You can also just log a, a rating half a star to five stars. And everyone has different taste. You know, and and you have to watch a ton of movies for for mad about movies. You've got a ton of movies right by you know. I I was looking through your <laughs> your letterbox list, and like it took me going down all the way to four stars to disagree on anything that you gave five or four stars. <laughs> I would not have given the Hunger Games Catching Fire four stars, but that's just me. Okay. Not a huge sure. not a huge fan of of that. After the first one, not a huge fan. But I ride with a lot of your letterbox. It's why I follow you. It's why I value your podcast. It's why I love having you on the show. When you're before we get into the premise of today's episode, which I'm calling the Brian Gill one star. <laughs> uh, do you have a, you know, do you have like a, a general rating matrix? Like what, you know, what, what are you looking for in when leveling your, your letterbox ratings? Cause as we'll get into, you have dropped the hammer on many a movie <laughs> with a half a star or one star yeah. rating. You, that's, right. that's, I, I save that for just the elite of the elite of movies I hate. And you, do you throw it out there? I kind of go with, I mean, first of all, it's, it's very prisoner of the moment. Like I, you messaged me and I was like, yeah, give me some examples so that I know what I'm talking about. And like a couple of them, even I said, I was like, nah, that should probably be higher or whatever. It's, it's, I don't go back and change those ratings very frequently. Um, so it's like, okay, you saw the movie. Cool. Rate it and, and move on. Um, maybe I reconsider those when we do like our top 10 movies at the end of the year and things like that. But I just kind of think of it as like, Five stars is an A plus movie. I mean, if I could give if I could give six stars to like the elite of the elite, I would, but um that's not how five star ratings work. So five stars and A plus and then I kinda, you know, three and a half stars is like an A minus, sorta, maybe maybe a high B plus. Um if I give something a, a I would say if, if I give something a one and a half star, then I it's somewhere between like a low C to a D kind of range. If it gets the one star or one and a half star, or excuse me, one star or half star, then it's, it's safe to assume that's, that to me is like at best a, a very low D and is more likely an F. I don't, what's funny is like, I don't give out a ton of those, those types of ratings. It's just that I log so many movies, I think is, is as much as it, it comes down to, but like, it is, while, yeah, you know, it is, yeah. it, it is probably because of the, the amount of movies. That yeah. You have yeah. Logged, that there that, are so many to pick from. Right. That's what I'd say. And, and just having to see so many. Um, and like, I will at the end of the year, there's usually like my December is usually like, well, here's 40 movies that are going to be, on best of the year or worst of the year list that I haven't seen yet. So I probably need to get through as many of these as I can. So I end up watching some, especially towards the end of the year. They're just like, I know this is probably going to be bad. And so maybe, maybe that helps with not being, not holding back on. I'll throw that half star out there if I, if I have to. Yeah. Like every once in a while, somebody will gripe at us about you guys are just so negative and you leave lots of negative reviews and all this. And I will always politely point out well i mean we give out uh like 80 percent positive grades on the course of the year it's just we didn't like this one so just i don't know move on it's it's not that big of a deal but uh yeah like if it's if it's there's a few movies that i've that we've done over the years reviews for that i would say if i could give it kent my co-host he he does a we joke around that he has a patented f minus 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 and every once in a while <laughs> that's like the the low of the low of like okay 
this was just atrocious. Um, historically, That's trouble with the curve. Atrocious. Yeah, trouble with the curve kind of movies uh, that deserve those like so in this rating it would be like if i could give it zero stars i would but i have to give it half star for it to to log on this i mean the way to give six stars is on on your profile you have the ability to pick your four favorite films which is a tough Mm. ask but you can have your four six star films okay yeah that's true i could do that i could do that i could yeah i i I noticed yeah i noticed you hadn't picked your four yeah i don't know if i have a list for for episode 100, which was like literally was 2014, I think we did our top 10 favorite movies of all time. And then at some point during the pandemic, I want to say like episode 600, maybe um, when we're just like really scraping for content, you know, because there just were no movies for six months. Uh, I We did a we revisited our, our top 10 favorite movies and stuff. I don't remember if I did a list for that or not, but if I didn't, I, I should I should go back and and make a a proper list for my my 10 favorite films. That's just something that's impossible to pick though, honestly. Like I I get yeah. and whenever I ask listener questions, I inevitably I will get some variation of what are your top 5 sports movies of all yeah. time. And it's like yeah. it's just tough. Like I I did the the four favorite films for Letterboxd recently and I just grab like what are four things I've watched lately sure. that are 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 movies that I am going to rewatch for the rest of the- I picked Bull Durham, Zodiac, Spotlight and Everybody Wants Some. Those are four okay. films I really yeah. like, really sure. love. Go with that. Yeah. Yeah, the when I when we did that list for the first time around, you kind of discover, oh, there's like probably 17, 18 movies that I've been saying, oh, that's one of my 10 favorite movies of all time, you know. And then when you have to <laughs> tear it down to actual 10, it's pretty it's pretty brutal. It's 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 kind of picking your your uh your favorite child and stuff. So, it's it's uh the and those lists like that is when I tend to be like, yeah, cool. Uh I got my top 10, but I also have maybe 17 honorable mentions I want to get in here, you know, <laughs> something like that. Like, so we got, there's a lot that I want to at least have a mention of in this conversation. Yeah. There's so much that's worth talking about, but let's get, let's get to today's premise. I want to talk about the Brian Gill one stars. I want to talk through some movies that you have given the dreaded one star <laughs> and a few that you have given the dreaded half a star. And I just, for clarity's sake, cause I did, I did another episode with a friend of mine, John Duda, where we talked about each other's, letterbox ratings and we both did the thing well you gave this blank stars why did you give this whatever which is uh-huh. it's a tough thing because again it's all <laughs> in the moment but uh you gave two stars to a movie we we just talked about off mic the rundown and you gave okay. two stars to pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides which was horrible which one is that is that the fourth that is one the one the where bardem is the <laughs> Like he's got like the ghost face thing going on. Uh, it's just the okay. The, like the the last two pirates movies, they're the same to me. I don't. I can't. I don't remember the difference between them whatsoever. Yeah, they um, they all run together. Sure. They're all sure. after after so the is first your, one. Yeah. Me. So is your question how how dare I rate the rundown the same as as I rated whatever uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie what that was? I guess. You're a big well, rundown pot, guy. Pot, right? I mean, I, I do love the I think I gave the rundown three stars, and okay. that's probably at least half a star to a star of nostalgia. But it's more okay. it's more so you the, you gave these two stars, but not sure. these ones that we're gonna talk about. So sure. the first segment of this, Brian, you have given five recent best picture winners <laughs> one star. 
which is which is kind of <laughs> stunning. <laughs> uh, yeah, you sent me the list, and I was like, oh, I probably should have. I should probably up those, but that's okay. No, I'll stand by at least three of these. I think. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's run these down from, I guess, least beloved to most beloved. <laughs> let's start with the artist, which I think was one sure. of those. It just <laughs> it just caught fire. It just yeah. caught momentum. Yeah. Um, it is a movie I will never revisit again. I think I think sure. I watched it in 2012. I it was whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not something I when you saw the artist, were you just like, what's the what needs to go through you to be like one star? Fuck that. I just um, it's very. I don't know. Like the. I I did tell you off the air. I was like, that one is one I should bump up. Just that's probably pettiness as much as anything. Like it just the whole concept of the artist kind of drives me crazy. Like it is just it's built in a lab to to win Best Picture. Um, and to there's nothing that Hollywood folks like more than than patting themselves on the shoulder about Hollywood, you know. And so I don't know. It's like this is it's so gimmicky to me. It's like, oh, it's black and white and there's there's no talking. Okay, cool. Like and then as that when I saw that movie I was like, okay, that was fine, I guess. And then as the uh as the 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 Oscar campaign built and you come to the realization like this movie's going to win best picture and I just was like, I can't I can't I can't abide by that. That's just so again, it's we're going to revisit that movie this year for for a throwback. Um because it's the ten year anniversary of its its coming out, and we have we have beaten uh, that movie into the ground on a we we continually I'm sure very obnoxiously joke about how it's the best silent film of the decade, um, <laughs> and so it feels like we can't not do a throwback on that movie. So I don't know, maybe I'll bump it up even higher. Maybe it's a three star movie. It's not a best picture winner. Full stop. It's not a best picture winner. But well, it's something you and I were talking about. We were talking about off off mic in that it was a tough best picture year. A lot of the best movies of that year were not nominated for best picture. Like yeah. this is this is when extremely loud and incredibly close gets nominated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's and a bad year. Yeah. It's yeah. A bad year like in Hugo and The Help. And it's just Yeah. It's just not what you want. I think if I was looking at this was like a couple of weeks ago when we pulled that list up and we were talking about it a bit. I mean it's probably Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy is the movie that I would put as the top movie of that year. Um, maybe Fifty Fifty, which got zero, let alone no, forget Oscar, like any awards buzz whatsoever. But Fifty Fifty is a great movie. Um, I don't know. The artist is just it's I don't, it, it, the 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 whole concept. It just it just feels like such a gimmick. And then now forevermore will stand as the best picture winner from from that year, and that that drives me nuts. Indeed, it will. So let's move on to the next best picture winner that you gave uh, gave one star, American Beauty, the very canceled American Beauty <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, another movie that is very much like very Oscar-y. Yeah. Like a look at you know, oh, this guy's having a midlife crisis, and it it, it gets. I mean, a solid cast like Kevin Spacey obviously right. has joined the Scumbag Hall of Fame, but. <laughs> You know, pre that, I was a huge Kevin Spacey fan, Annette Benning, Chris Cooper. Um, you know, this yeah. one, this one is not my favorite. This is probably like a two and a half star movie for me. I can see the value in it. It's sure. never something I'm going to rewatch again. But you came down on it, one star. I don't think I've seen American Beauty since it came out, or maybe like freshman, 
sophomore year in college, like in the, I remember watching this in the dorm, whatever year that was, like 2001, something like that. And just being like, this one back's picture, are you kidding me? This sucks. And so I will say that's, it's been 20 years since I've even thought about it. I don't make a big, uh, I don't make too much of a push to go back and rewatch spacey movies at this point, obviously. Um, yeah, that's not, that's so I don't, I don't know when that one's going to come up again, but, but I do remember that is one of those ones that, um, if you remember when you sign up for letterbox, they like try to get like a, like a sort of a taste for what you're reviewing is. And so they just give you tons and tons of movies to, to grade. Right. And that was one of the, so that was probably as much as anything, a whatever one star, just like click and go, click and go, click and go. If I, I, I don't know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a two star movie. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm a little, I don't have a lot of hot opinions on American beauty other than it turned out to be somewhat prophetic. So that's, that's yeah. Just... Yes, it. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, yeah, that that year, that was that was kind of a tough Oscars too. So that one was Cider House Rules, The Green Mile, The Insider, which I, re- I really like. The Insider, mm, yeah, The Sixth yeah. Sense. Yeah. Any I of those movies, I would. Yeah, I would take over. over <laughs> this. I mean, Cider House Rules is kind of, yeah, that's pretty Oscar-y, but. But otherwise, Green Mile is a pretty good movie. Uh, Insider's a great movie. What was the other one? I can't. Uh, oh, Six Sense. Uh, Six Sense. I mean, there's no way that's Six Sense would have been. But yeah, gosh, Six Sense would have been a, an interesting yeah. win. That would have been like yeah. one of those things where it's like M Night. Oh my God! Can you imagine if he had a if he had a <laughs> he'd be Oscar. insufferable? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh God! Have you guys covered old yet on Mad About Movies? We were. Are deci- you going to cover no, old? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're going to do an episode. We were trying to decide. Uh, every once in a while, you get these. I mean, most weeks, especially in a non-pandemic, um, it's very obvious what movie we're going to review every week. But, but some weeks you get these like, well, is it going to be, is it going to be old or is it going to be Snake Eyes? You know, which movie do we think is going to be better? Which movie do you think was going to do better? So you know, trying to weigh those things, and then as that. Uh, <laughs> that weekend got closer and closer. It was like, actually, it looks like both of these movies are not very good and both of them are not going to make a lot of money and be like super zeitgeisty. So let's just do Loki instead because everybody was talking about Loki. So we, Yeah, uh, there's not going to be a so. lack of old discourse. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll see old and Snake Eyes at some point in the next couple of weeks, but I, I've, not, uh, I've not rushed out to the theater, let's say, to see either yeah. of those movies. Not going to blame you. So this next Best Picture winner is the only one of the few sports movie Best Picture winners, the only sports movie we're going to talk about tonight. Million Dollar Baby. Clint Eastwood gets his, gets yeah. a Best Picture winner. I believe Hilary Swank gets a Best Actress. I believe this Ugh. gets Morgan Freeman an Oscar, too. I think this kind of cleaned up right. on the way yeah. in. That's the only part that's good about that movie is, is Morgan Freeman. What do you think about Million Dollar Baby? Have you reviewed that? Is that is that a movie you're fond of? I have not. So okay. I remember liking the Swank performance enough. Um, glad that it got Morgan Freeman the Oscar. I always think about his like, because Morgan Freeman is the running narrator of that movie, which is kind mm-hmm. of funny now because since Morgan Freeman has just become a running narrator yeah. to a lot of things. Million Dollar <laughs> Baby drags from my, yes. I have not, yeah. I, I think I've yeah. seen it. A f- I, I've watched it a few times. It did a cable run. It, it's really, really slow for a boxing movie. Like, Last week, the episode was on Creed, which, like, again, not every boxing movie has to be the same. But you Mm -hmm. think of Creed, which is the longest movie in the Rocky franchise and is paced incredibly well, does not feel like it at all. It it flies. Million Dollar Baby is not like that. It is so slow. And from, like, spoiler alert, this movie came out 15 years ago. From the after she she breaks her neck and is paralyzed, like, that 
the end takes forever. Yes, yes. I think that's why I hate it. I mean, well, I'll be frank. I strongly, strongly dislike uh, both Hillary Swank and Clint Eastwood. So, like, Clint Eastwood post... Two thousand, no thanks. I, I, One I don't take, need, Clint. Yeah, I don't. I don't need any more of this. I don't. Need, I don't need him behind the camera. I don't need him in front of the camera. It's. It's cool all you did. I appreciate your service, sir, to the movie industry. Um, but we're done. That's okay. Don't. Don't need any more of that. And I. I genu- I don't understand. I don't understand Hillary Swank. I don't get the. Uh, I don't get the appeal. Like she's. Like b- girls don't cry or, or boys. Excuse me, boys don't cry. Yeah, I totally good good performance it's cool that she broke onto the scene with that like not sure i've ever seen her in a movie since that was like yeah she was good i liked that i enjoyed hillary swank in that movie um i just i she's 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 kind of terrible to me i don't i don't get it and and yes to to your point i think i probably walk out of that and say that's fine whatever two and a half three stars if if the (laughs) the ending doesn't drag for seven hours. It's Forever. Just so long she is in like, that hospital bed for me. so just, long. It is so, so painful. And uh and I don't I just I don't know. I've never I've never understood why that is a movie that that people uh love or respect or thought was good or or anything. It it even in the moment I was like, no, this is not a good movie, guys. This is this is so this is so poorly done. Freeman's good. Freeman's good. That's kind of it. It's it's is is rough otherwise. Well, the next two movies were a phenomenon, Brian. These are these are t- these <laughs> yeah. are tough, yeah. tough yeah. one stars to. One of these for. I can defend real well. I think one I don't know. It's pretty dicey. I'll be honest. Okay, so see. let's let's talk about Titanic, <laughs> okay. which was huge, Brian. I remember I went to yeah. Paramount's Kings Dominion when I when I lived in Virginia <laughs> in like 1998, and they had a Titanic exhibition. That's how big this movie yeah. was i mean huge this movie came in a two vhs set back yeah, in the day yeah. it is yeah. on tv every day it might be on tv <laughs> right now it yeah. turned leonardo dicaprio into a full-fledged star yeah. uh james cameron already had all the power in the in the world but <laughs> it gave him even more of all the power in the world it introduces to kate winslet and honestly probably her worst performance ever she's been nails and everything <laughs> since Brian, you gave Titanic one star. People yeah, love Titanic. Look, People are gonna come I know, for you on that one. I know it's it's one of my uh, one of my hotter takes, I guess. But just know it comes from the heart. I I uh, this is this is a several things. This is several things kind of rolled into one. Um, one, James Cameron, incredible director, just doesn't understand human dialogue whatsoever, and it <laughs> it it always drives. I mean, it's fine in like Terminator, Terminator Two. Uh, you know, The Abyss, all these movies, whatever. But, like, I mean, Avatar's script gets a ton of crap, and, and rightly so, but but Titanic's is just as bad from from a, a human interaction and dialogue standpoint. It's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. Uh, so that's a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> then there's the more just, like, full-on pettiness. I, I love... I, you and I are fairly close to the same age. I was kind of obsessed with the Titanic when I was a kid, but the Titanic, oh, yeah. like all the, the history, ship. all yeah. the history channel stuff, yeah. like I'm into yeah. it. Yeah, I was, I, there was this, I remember in my elementary school, there was a, like a book in the library that I would, I checked out constantly about the Titanic and the wreck and all this sort of stuff. I just, I thought it was such a cool story. And then to have it become a movie and the entire movie is just this love story 
when I'm, you know, I was like, I think I was 12 when the movie came out, and that just felt like the greatest betrayal of all time. That was just like, really, really, this is what this movie's gonna be about. Like this thing that that I've been kind of obsessed with as a as like a nine year old trying to get my classmates into this, and now now it's doing this. Really, that's that's not that's that's unpleasant. I don't I don't love that. Um, Listen, Brian, I gotta I gotta stop you right there because it is not just about a love story. Because you forget that the first twenty minutes yeah, are about Bill sea. Paxton, yeah, <laughs> yeah Bill Paxton, deep sea diving, yeah, AKA gosh, is an avatar for Jim Cameron it's, wanting to explore the Titanic. It's, it's exactly right. It's it's just I don't know. It's kind of painful on the, on a lot of those fronts. And I also was right the right. I mean, the, the exact right age to um, kind of hate Leonardo DiCaprio uh, in that role because. Every single girl that I knew was obsessed with DiCaprio in that movie. And it just felt like Titanic at that time. It felt like no matter who you were talking to, whether you were talking to a a fellow sixth grader, seventh grader, whatever age I was at that point, or you were talking to like your grandmother, you could not have a conversation without it revolving around Titanic. And it was just exhausting to me. And so, um, I don't know. It's not a one star movie. I can cop to that. It's definitely it's definitely some pettiness on my my point, my side of things. But we reviewed that movie mm, maybe two years ago as a, as a throwback, and I still I didn't give it a good grade. I think I gave it a C. So and people were very angry about it. So I'll stand by it. It's a it's a thrill ride, which is fine. I mean, I love the fast movies, so it's not like I have a leg to stand on here, but. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, that's really not good filmmaking, guys. It's just not good. Okay. Well, the last Best Picture winner that you have given one star. <laughs> this is a movie that is that is beloved. And I will be the first. This movie is not without its warts. It is way too long. It is slightly problematic in <laughs> retrospect. Um, but it features, again, this is one that is on cable all the time. It features someone that you, your own podcast, has labeled an American treasure yeah. in a role that won him won him a Best Actor, back-to-back yeah. Best Actor. It is Forrest Gump. <laughs> Brian, people love Forrest Gump. I know. Uh, Kent's mom loves Forrest Gump, and she she will te- just randomly out of the blue sometimes, she will text Kent and just be like, hey, tell Brian he's wrong about <laughs> about Forrest Gump. People love Forrest Gump. I hate Forrest This is my... This is my number one least favorite movie of all time. I hate this movie. Um, wow. Yeah. I know. I, now, listen. I did not say it's the worst movie of all time. I think it's my least favorite. Um, I And I love Tom Hanks. I, I, I feel like this cursed his career because he hasn't won an Oscar since. And he's done... A dozen well-deserved performances since then. So, um, yeah, he maybe, did Apollo thirteen like right after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Look, we got Apollo thirteen. We got Saving Private Ryan. We got Catch Me If You Can. We got uh, I don't know Captain Phillips. I mean, there's a there's a ton of Tom Hanks performances that are uh, the the Mr. Rogers movie. A couple. Years, I mean, like this. I say he should have won Best Supporting Actor for that thing you do because yeah, it's wonderful. I I can definitely I can definitely get in with that. Um, I mean. You're right. It's problematic. That's part of it. But I don't like to look at things through. I, I, I don't know. I don't like to look at the at stuff from the past through the context or the, the lens of, of 2020 or 2021 as much as possible. But like, even in 1994, you're like, ooh, I don't know. Like, that's some, it's kind of dicey. Um, he's not mentally there, guys. Uh, it's it's there's a lot of stuff there that's that's kind of uh, it's a little bit iffy. Um, but I just. I just can't, I can't stand that movie. And part, a big part of it is Zemeckis. Zemeckis is one of the uh, least 
understanding of humans and human emotions of any person on the planet, I think. I'm not convinced he himself is a human. I mean, it's just there's so many things that he puts on screen. You're like, that doesn't what what are you doing? No, no human would ever do that. No human would ever react the way that you are. I, it, it, it blows my mind sometimes. But the real kicker with with Forrest Gump is the last 30 minutes um, when, you know, when he just like changes the course of history in about a thousand different ways in the last 30 minutes of that movie. And it's just I remember watching it for the first time. And just being kind of like teetering on the edge of like, I don't really think this is that great, but everybody seems to love it. And I do like Hanks, you know, I'm, you know, I'm probably 11 or something at this time, 12. Like, yeah, I love Tom Hanks, like everybody. Um, everybody seems to love this movie. And me just sitting here being like, I don't want to be the one that says this isn't good, but I don't really, I don't really dig this. And the last 30 minutes and I was like, no, no, I'm out. I'm out. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Like every... This dude cannot change, cannot have that much impact on all of history for the last thirty years. We can't, we cannot do that. We cannot say that that's how this this thing is going. It drives me, it drives me nuts. So we did an episode on it a few years ago. I rewatched it for the first time in probably like a, I don't know a decade, and I was like, no, I'm right, I'm right. This movie's not good. This is a bad movie, and and people need to accept that. Brian, that movie spawned a restaurant franchise. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great restaurant. So, you know, that's that's part of it. Have you heard what, what Forrest Gump 2 was going to be? Do you know about this? Oh, oh, oh God, no. no. Right, I, I'm not even going to say it on the air. You need, just go look it up. Go look it up. I, I, I will um, do that. I'm honestly impressed that you're sticking to your guns with that. Like, no, I, I'm all in on... Yeah, Forrest Gump I look, sucks. I, that's a bad I actually movie. went... I went to look back at the movies I have given either half a star or one star. Uh-huh. And all of them, I have have zero redeeming qualities uh-huh. except for one. I will say that Teen Wolf has an unintentional <laughs> comedy factor that is that is almost respectable. But I feel like there's got to be something in Forrest Gump. Like the the Vietnam scenes are good. No, uh, no, no. You're, I mean, you're just look. Out you're of right. Gump. You're right. But the negatives are so bad. It's so aggressively bad. And I didn't even get into the petty side of things. That movie came out in 1994. You know what other movies came out in 1994? Pulp oh, Fiction no. and Shawshank Redemption. Two of the oh, greatest no. movies of all time. Yeah. And Forrest Gump is the best picture winner for that year. That's that's unforgivable in my book. That's that's tough. That's uh that's like a, a King Speech moment right there. <laughs> that's tough. Okay, Brian, let's take a quick ad break and get back with some more movies you hated. What's up, Big Screen Sports listeners? I am here today to talk to you about tipping pitches. What is tipping pitches? Tipping pitches is Alex Baisley and Bobby Wagner. You might recognize those names from our episode covering Moneyball. They joined the podcast, one of my favorite episodes from back in March. I've been on their show a few times. They've been on Big Screen Sports a couple times. And tipping pitches is one of my favorite baseball podcasts in the game. I listen to it every single Monday. That is no bullshit. Tipping pitches is the baseball podcast that thinks baseball should be fun, but isn't afraid to talk about the things that actually prevent that. Ever wonder why local blackouts are stopping you from watching your favorite team? Do you want to understand how baseball is the only sport with an antitrust exemption? Or what it would be like if your team's fan base bought the team? Tipping Pitches is the podcast for you. I'm a huge fan of Bobby and Alex. If you listen to our Moneyball episode, 
You probably are too. Go check out Tipping Pitches, releases every Monday, available wherever you get your podcasts. Those guys also have the best shirts in the game. They're selling the unionize the minor shirts. You're supporting a great message and wearing a cool shirt. They just dropped some that are in uh, my beloved Minnesota Twins colors. I, I grabbed both versions. Uh, go check out Tipping Pitches for fans that love the game but aren't content seeing it get corporatized. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back. Uh, we, we've gotten through the best picture winners that, that Brian absolutely hated and gave one star. Uh, I, I went through the rest of your, your letterbox and, and kind of picked out some one stars that obviously did not win best picture, but some movies that I thought, at least some of these, that I thought had redeemable factors or that people generally love. This is one that I was interested in. I don't I don't love this movie. I'm not, I'm not obsessed with it. I'm not a huge... Boz Lerman guy, but <laughs> yeah. I, I did think I thought the great Gatsby, the, the Boz Lerman version, obviously with Leo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire right before he just disappeared. Uh, I thought it was a very in, in typical Boz Lerman fashion. I thought it was a good movie theater experience. Mm. I love the great Gatsby, the book. Um, it's one of the yeah, few that I read, great. like, yeah, one of the few you get in English class in high school that I actually, I actually dug. I read a ton of books and I love, I mean, I like to read and write and all that sort of stuff, but English in high school is pretty brutal for the most part. But this is one of the ones I really dig. Um, I, 
just remember feeling like this, and I, I haven't seen the movie since the theater that first time, whenever that was, 2013. Um, there's a couple of really crap performances. Joel Edgerton's terrible in that. Oh, uh, he's he's not. They needed they they could have <laughs> they could have recast Tom. I think this is one of the first things that put Carrie Mulligan on my radar, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, she you know she's okay, but a little bit wooden. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think Lerman is a is a particularly. I don't think he's an actor's director personally. I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets the best out of his actors. I think he is. He's there to do the visual and the spectacle and, and he does that really well. And sometimes with like Moulin Rouge, it works out pretty well. And sometimes I think it doesn't. Cause even, even Leo, it just felt like he didn't know what he was doing most of the time. And you would never say that about DiCaprio pretty much. Certainly like post like 2000, um, just always a very, not just a talented actor, but always so comfortable and put together and vulnerable and all that sort of stuff. But I, it, it always felt to me watching that movie, just feel like, I don't, I feel like he is kind of like looking off camera. Like, do you want to give me notes on this? Or is there like, I have no, I don't really have a lot of direction here. Um, McGuire's terrible in that too. So I don't know. It, it's, it's, I mean, Tony McGuire's pretty, pretty awful most of the time, but um, yeah, I, I think, the acting certainly did not help that thing, and it just became. I just remember walking away thinking like that was so much style over substance, and that is a very substantive book, and we really kind of missed the boat on what the book is actually getting at. Um, so, do you think it was a one star out of kind of a, a lost potential kind of thing? That's the. I mean, of all these movies that are on this list, and I'm looking to see if besides the, you know. Uh, there's like another one here that that'll come up, but but the for the most part, that's the one that I feel like that's a four star movie somewhere in there. Pretty you get the you get Leo, you get a great cast, you get a director who does do the visual spectacle well, which is a big part of the Great Gatsby book. I understand. So that one should have been good, and it just felt like the whole thing was instead of making a great movie, it was like, what if we made a really cool two hour music video? Would that be something that people would like? And my answer is no. I do not like that. That is a fair point. I will say the best potential Great Gatsby content we ever got, aside from the book, and I never thought I would say Entourage gave us something, but in that season of Entourage, when somehow they got Martin Scorsese for a cameo, and he calls Vincent Chase and says he's he's doing a Great Gatsby. He's doing a modern retelling, but I would mm. have loved to have seen a Martin Scorsese great Gatsby that that gives me the chills sure. just thinking yeah. about it yeah that would be that would be really cool that was such an odd time too like culturally like <laughs> you know I, I work with teenagers and stuff and about half the proms that year were great Gatsby themed and I was like you're missing the point <laughs> this is not this not you this is not a thing we celebrate like you're totally misunderstanding what this book was about but uh I feel like the movie did as well so not not my favorite so the next one is is I think a generally beloved a generally yeah. beloved movie at least that it has. I'm gonna it get so lasted. many hate tweets, man. This is, this is yeah yeah. I'm just I, I mean I'm just, again this is one that is very problematic. Much like a lot of stuff that comes out in the '70s are. I mean this is the movie that taught that I I think I saw this before I turned ten because uh, my <laughs> yes. mom loved it. Yes, yeah. Because my mom loves John Travolta, uh-huh. and this is the movie that taught uh, like nine-year-old me that smoking is the coolest thing you can do. <laughs> 
because a <laughs> lot of guys looking super cool yeah. smoking yeah. in Greece. A lot of right. great songs, though. I, I, I have to ask, are you a musical person in general? M- um, movie musicals. I used to say I wasn't. I think <laughs> this is going to make people mad, too. I, I used to say I wasn't, but I now have learned that I am. It's just that. Um, most movie musicals are bad. So that's, that, the, I mean, that's not a bad, that's not a bad take. That's where I, I kind of come down on, on that stuff. Greece is, Greece sucks. I hate Greece. <laughs> this was, this was number two on my least favorite movies of all time. If I remember correctly, when we did that episode, um, uh, the, I hate the music. Um, I will give the music, just the music a, in this movie bangs. No, I hate it's like, it. It's like, it's the best it's, part of the movie. It's well, that's not saying much, but besides yeah, the smoking, I, mean, I, I can uh, I will give it like a half credit of some of them are kind of catchy, but in the, the way that you're like, wh- why the F is this in my head? I don't want this, I don't want this. Um, but you, you know, if you can get an earworm, that's that's you get a little bit of credit, I guess, but no, I hate the music, um. I hate the whole setup. It's the rapiest movie of of the day. I mean, it's just it is it is extremely rapey. And like, yeah. I'm not like, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not over woke guy or anything like that. But like, I remember being like 16, be like, whoa, whoa, well, hold on, guys. Like, this is this is very date rapey. Like, what are we doing here? Um, and everybody be like, nah, it's cute. It's a musical. And just being like, I don't feel like that stacks up to what we're talking about at all. Like, that's not. That's not cool, uh, but but much of this comes down to, and I'm I with apologies uh, to your mother. I hate John Travolta. I I joke <laughs> on the show constantly that not only that I am in a blood feud with John Travolta, but that I am winning the blood feud because um, my career is going better than his is currently. Um, that that explains one of the point five star movies that. Uh, yeah, for, it does. It does. Now <laughs> people are gonna yell at me about that one. Um. Yeah, no, Greece. Greece is look. There are some movies on this list that that it's just like, eh, it's personal personal preference or pettiness, or I was like, eh, per- prisoner of the moment kind of things. I will I will go to my grave. Greece is a garbage film, and and people should let it go. Again, I respect you to stick for your guns <laughs> with this one. Okay, the the next one I want to go over is one that I would think the general public probably agrees with you more than they would agree with me. I just, the comedy of Seth MacFarlane, because I know oh. you also gave Ted 2 one star, and I'm talking about A Million Ways to Die in the West, which this movie did not do mm. very well at all. Um, but I, I wanted to make sure, I consider any comedy, if I burst out laughing at least once, I'm giving it at least one and a half stars. And sure. I went back and I rewatched on YouTube right before we started recording, the, the one scene I vividly remember, and it still made me laugh a lot when he is talking about all the ways you can die in the West and finishes that by going outside and saying, that's our mayor. And the mayor's been lying dead in the street for like three days. <laughs> okay. And he gets dragged off by wolves. And, oh, oh, you want to see more death? All we got to do is get up and walk out the front door. That is our mayor. He is dead. He has been lying there dead for three days. No one has done a thing. Not moved him, not looked into his death, not even replaced him with a temporary appointee. For the last three days, the highest ranking official in our town has been a dead guy. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Wolves are dragging the body away as if to illustrate my point. Bye! Bye, Mr. Mayor! Bye! Have fun becoming wolf shit! Bye! God! That, my friends, is the American West. The comedy of Seth MacFarlane is obviously not for everyone. Is it not for you, or is it just not done well in a million ways to die in the West? 
Yeah, the, the, the latter. I, I mean, I'm sure that much of Family Guy, I'm, I'm not, it's, I'm 100% positive that much of Family Guy is, is uh, horribly inappropriate. Um, in 2021, because it was it was horribly inappropriate when it was uh, when it was coming out. But I I watched many seasons of Family Guy and and found it very funny. I think Ted is hilarious. The first one, um, I love Ted so much. A really funny movie, and um and I think I, this is a hot take. Sort of like I really I like the Orville that the the Star Trek show. I really I've heard really good things about the Orville. And like I, I think Seth MacFarlane is good. Is good when he's like himself, not even a cartoon. Like he is in a million ways to die. Right. And I also love Scott Grimes. Love to see anyone from Band of Brothers doing well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I. I. So no. I'm. I'm fine with. Uh, with with the comedy of Seth MacFarlane, I just did not. Uh, again, I haven't thought. Like I saw this one on the list. And I was like, I haven't thought about that movie since I saw it in in the theater. So maybe it's 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 slightly better. But we did an episode on it, and I just remember all three of us being like. I mean, comedy is subjective, but weren't there supposed to be jokes in this? Like, it was, it was really, just a, just felt like a massive misfire to me, especially coming out like a year or two after Ted. Um, and I've all I remember so little about Ted too. But Ted, the first one, again, I think is is a is a, or at least was at the time a very funny movie. Just this one, super fell flat to me. Yeah, Ted Two is is objectively bad. I I didn't think Ted Two was very funny. I just I don't know. Seth MacFarlane a lot of the times has a direct line to my funny bone, and I there sure. are a few parts in A Million Ways to Die in the Mess, A Million Ways to Die in the West that get me. I also I love when Giovanni Ribisi is doing comedy. I th- I find him very very funny. I think okay. in My Name Is Earl, he's incredible. I like if that show was more popular, if that show was more popular, him as Ralph is just one of the funniest <laughs> things in the world. I think about it like once a month, and it makes me laugh. Um, the next one is another comedy, and this is a movie that I treasure. I, I, I treasure <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine. I love a movie. I kind of love this for the same reason as everybody wants some. I love movies set in time period and are about like partying. Like this mm. movie, obviously, get, they go back to the eighties. But I think I love Hot Tub Time Machine. The Hot Tub Time Machine Two is is awful. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it it hurt my heart. But you knew when Cusack passed on it. Cause like Cusack has has he has made some choices. Yeah, we you and, and I could fund a Cusack movie right now. I'm sure we, just... <laughs> we could. We could. Although like Love and Mercy was incredible. Yeah, great movie. Uh, great. He just and and I love Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine apparently did not sit well with you. you gave it one star. I got to be honest with you. I don't really remember much about that movie. Um, there's and there is like a. With with like trash comedies, which even I would assume even fans of that movie would would agree that's what that is. It's just it's a you know a super trashy raunch com or whatever. Yeah, yeah, smut com. It it's like I forgot. I'm looking at the cast list right now. I forgot Chevy Chase was in the movie. That's probably why. No, I the the um, it's like I walk. I tend to walk out of those movies and even the ones that I have that I like laugh in, I just say, well, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a good movie. I just laughed a lot. So is that, and then in hindsight, you're like, that's the point of comedy, stupid. Like you're, you're overthinking this a little bit. Um, I do. There's way too much Motley Crue in this for me. I hate the crew. Tons, so that's, of, tons of that's Motley probably Crue. part of it. I don't know. I you you've talked me into this is probably a, a two plus star movie. Maybe I'm conflating it with the sequel too, because that's. I do remember that one a little bit more and being like, oh, okay. So 
I had some cheap laughs first time around, and those are those are gone now. So the, the sequel is horrendous. The thing for Hot Tub Time Machine was almost written for me. Like it, it's got guys. It's one. It's got guys I like. It is set over the course of one weekend. It is set in the eighties. It, it it just it's right up my alley. Yeah. Got Crispin um, Glover. Okay. You're a big Crispin Glover guy, obviously. Love, so. love, love Crispin Glover, <laughs> who's in a who's in a really like funny random bit role, and and again like showing up out of nowhere, like they literally pulled him out of the '80s. They just found George McFly, <laughs> yeah. and they were like, yeah. "Here we, here we go." I, I love it. Huge fan. This next movie I have not seen. I'm almost. I want to talk oh, about it because <laughs> one, I admire that you took the time to watch it. Uh, it is something that I I showed my wife the trailer and like eyes wide, like this is amazingly bad, and she right away was just like, "No, we're not. We're not watching this." Uh, the, the tax collector, which Oof. is the the I th- I it is the trailer where Shia LaBeouf is like a he is he's like playing a, a highly offensive like collector for a, a gang it is i mean it's a, it's a first ballot unintentional comedy hall of fame i yeah you sat through the tax collector so this is this is actually there's a there's a story with this uh so like i plan our episodes i have for 750 episodes pretty much like i i, I sat down i i put the schedule i did this yesterday for august september here's what we're doing and we have some audibles here and there, you know, a movie doesn't come out, a movie doesn't, it kind of underperforms and we, you know, pivot to something else, whatever. But for the most part, we kind of stick to our, stick to our guns, what we're going to do. There's been like three times in the history of the show, I think, where um, we have audibled out of whatever we had planned to do past the weekend you know it's like monday we record on monday nights and it's like monday morning and we're like hey should we do something else whatever this and this was one of them and so i i mean it almost broke up the show i'm still a little bit mad about this because i watched this movie to prepare for our episode and then i think it, i i really think it was kent uh he doesn't listen to any podcast so i can say whatever i want uh i'm pretty <laughs> sure kent was like I don't want to watch this movie. Let's just do something else. And I was like, I watched it and it is abysmal. Like this is, it is, it is horribly, horribly made hor. It's pretty offensive too. Um, you get to see uh, Shia LaBeouf or a stand in like his naked dead body. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's just a horrible, horrible movie. And we didn't even do a podcast on it. And I was like, I was legit angry about it for a while. I was like, this is, this is a waste of my life, dude. Like I just had to watch this movie. You should have to watch it too. Um, it's 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 very very bad. David Ayer is not good. He's not a good director. Um, and I I I don't understand uh why. I mean, he's it's not that he doesn't have some good movie. Fury is a good movie. There's other things that he's done that are that are good. I know he wrote Training Day. I mean, but like, I mean, he's also the guy that he's he you know like we're talking about Bright and. That terrible oh. Suicide Squad. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, he's not good. He's not a good. He's not a good director, and he's very chesty about everything that he makes. He's definitely the type that's like, here's my end of the year top ten list. Guess what's number one? The movie I made. You know, and it's just like, he's he's he's, he's exhausting. But the movie's just terrible. It's just a terrible, terrible movie, and no one saw it, and no one should see it. It's not even like, hey, this is so bad. I want you guys to see it so that we can talk about how terrible this movie is. It's like. 
no, 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 nobody, no one should see this. No one should have been subjected to this. That's the thing. I needed like one person to tell me, hey, you actually, you actually should watch the tax collector. Yeah. Because again, Brian, I saw the trailer and like I knew 99% chance this movie is going to be horrible. The trailer, yeah. like what is Shia doing? Yeah. But I, I, I needed one person to just be like, oh, you should no. check this out. And I would have jumped on it. Like I, I would have taken the worst kind of advice to watch this movie. Because like <laughs> I thought about it like, like when I saw the Den of Thieves trailer, it was like objectively this is probably gonna suck. And like I kind of like I really like Den of Thieves. Like Pablo mm. Schreiber is doing a ton in Den of Thieves. Like I'm I'm there for it. And I I thought that that had kind of Den of Thieves potential with a potentially like problematic Shia turn. And mm. then it just no, it's just it's just all problematic apparently. Yeah, it's just it's just bad. It's even the, I mean, and I like. I like Shia LaBeouf, the actor. I don't like Shia LaBeouf, the human being, obviously. But yeah. but Shia LaBeouf, the actor, I'm, I think, like, the year before, 2019, he had a couple of things that he did that were really interesting. And I love Peanut Butter Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon's great. Um, Honey Boy is really, really good. And, there, I mean, there's a lot of things... I like him as a, as a performer. I don't even care that he's doing this. I mean, they they explain away why, why there's a white guy who's... <laughs> uh just just the most hispanic um but it, it's 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 i mean whatever it's that that part is like all right whatever that's a that's a small hurdle for us to uh to get past it's just the rest of the movie is 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 just absolute garbage den of thieves would be a great comp like if this movie i don't like den of thieves but if this movie succeeded it could have been kind of den of thieves but instead it's just it's just i don't know it's just it's it's it looks like a. It looks like it's like an episode of The Shield that they all decided no, this isn't good enough to be on the air, and so he just like cut it together. I mean, it's so it's so bad. And David Ayer just got to be top ten most insufferable people in Hollywood. I just I just can't imagine uh, getting a drink with that guy. Just put it in the great trailer, bad movie Hall of Fame. It's right, <laughs> nestle it up next to uh, Man of Steel, which I think has the best trailer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this next one. I mean, you're not going to get complaints from many people on calling this a one-star movie, but I, mm. the pod race in Star Wars Episode sure. One, I feel like is worth one and a half stars by itself. It's incredible. It sucks that it's like a nine-year-old in it. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of the problems of this movie could have been solved by literally just casting Hayden Christensen and saying he's he's 15. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it has a lot of problems. But Star Wars yeah. Episode One, one star. Not even for the pot. Not even for the pot race or the last. Yeah, the duel of the fates is the is the great is a great scene. Um, star Wars is so hard to talk about now, and I've I've said this a million times on our show. It's like I mean, Star Wars was my thing growing up, and no, it wasn't cool for anybody my age anymore. And I just I loved Star Wars so much, and I have loved these. Um, the sequels and and new Star Wars and that my kid is getting to experience Star Wars for the first time and and all these sorts of things and the the conversation surrounding Star Wars now is the conversation surrounding Star Wars now is the absolute I don't know like when when those movies first got announced and even when when Force Awakens came out it was like I felt like I was almost having an out of body experience or like one of those like man I wish I could explain this to 10 year old me you know cuz there were so many times where I'd be like, hey, guys, y'all want to talk about Star Wars? And everybody's like, no, we only care about the Cowboys, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's, it's I'm, I'm 30 and or, or whatever, 32, and, like, everybody is Star Wars obsessed, and we got a new movie and all this sort of thing. And it was, like, so cool. 
And then when like three years, it was to the point where I was like, if somebody even brought up Star Wars, I would literally just walk away from the conversation. It was like, I don't even, I can't, I can't do this because I can't risk that you're going to be one of the ones that's going to be like, they're taking Star Wars away from us. There's a girl on screen, you know, and all this sort of, I just like, how dare there be an Asian person in this movie? I just, I can't. I can't stand it. And it, and and it you know, it it drove me to the point where I was like, I don't even I don't even want to watch Star Wars. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to, any of this stuff. I don't want to do any of it. Um but part of that has been and if you like if you love episode 1, that's fine. Like whatever. It's it's it is what I I don't I don't care. But like there's this like <laughs> the 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 part of the backlash to the sequels has become that we're like sort of trying to rewrite history and pretend like the first two prequels are good because they're more, <laughs> I guess in some ways you could say they're more repressive than the sequels are. So it's like, I don't know. And it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a uh, movement that I, I can't, I can't abide by. It's, it's, I mean, they're objectively, they're objectively both very <laughs> yeah, bad. And, sure. You know, you gave, you gave star Wars episode two, half a star. I am, I am of the camp that, those two movies, if they were house, have an excellent frame. Looks great. Yeah. Like the contractor okay. laid sure. it out and you're like, wow, can't wait to move in here. Can't wait to see what this looks like when it's built. You've got yeah. great windows in here. There's going to be great lighting, yeah. huge kitchen. And then you you did the walls with paper mache. Yeah. And then uh, the whole thing just, just kind I of mean, fell apart. But if I'm being it's honest. It's got some cool set pieces. Sure. I should, it should probably be one and a half stars for episode one and one star for, for Attack of the Clones. But like. I mean, again, I had every Star Wars figure. I was obsessed with those movies. The literal first website that I, this is a thing that you're like your younger listeners is going to be like, what are you even talking about? The first website I ever visited was the Phantom Menace website. Like I was so excited to when that movie was announced in like 1996, maybe something like that. Just like searching for like set photos and and uh, news about like what this movie is going to be about. After seeing Phantom Menace, I spent like a solid six months denying that it was bad. Like just being like, "No, it's great. I loved it. It's awesome. It's Star Wars, guys. Like it's so good." And then just like slowly, kind of coming around to there's so many stupid things about this movie and so many poor choices that are being made uh, about about both uh, about it, but. Yeah, I feel the, like I was kind of lucky to see Phantom Menace when I was eight because I was like, "Oh, that was that was amazing. Oh, I love sure. that movie. Yeah. It's great." Yeah, big and difference. Then, and I was then the 16, more you see it, it's like, yeah. yeah. And then the more you see it, you're just like, "Oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah." But well, the damn. duel of the fates, the the fight at the end is really good. Um, and the pod racing scene is cool. I have a hard time with the pod racing scene because Jake Lloyd and I never dog on on kid actors, but he's just like the exception because it's just like, I'm sorry, but he's so bad. He's so so bad, and it it's such a killer that he's in this kind of cool, what should be a really cool sequence to me is a little bit ruined by, by him. Whereas Duel of the Fates, the, the battle between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul is really cool and has some of the best, I mean, at the time, that's like the best fight scene in, in the movies, period. Um, I think it's, it's been surpassed by in the, you know, in the sequels and stuff. But at the time, that was like super groundbreaking and cool and Darth Maul is really interesting and all this, all this sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, but that's, you know, that's 20 minutes of a, of a two hour, two and a half hour movie. And, and most of the rest of it is pretty abysmal. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, a lot, lot of problems, a lot of Star Wars discourse for another podcast. But I, I just thought it was interesting that you, you panned yeah. them both. Okay, uh, let's wind down with the. I want to go on three, three other movies that gave half a star. Um, the first one, I, I guess we don't need to spend much time on it because you already expressed your hate for John Travolta. But I just <laughs> face off with face off. Does any other movie? have two <laughs> leads that have a, a higher ceiling and a lower floor. See, this is my thing is like, um, I hate John Travolta. Obviously I said that I, I've never like, if I stacked up the good that he has done in his career, it's like, okay, Pulp Fiction, but I think he's kind of the worst part of Pulp Fiction, but still that's one of the all time great movies. So, okay, whatever. Um, and then I'm like, I don't know, that might be it. Like I might I might be out of out of thoughts on the good on John Travolta's side. Nick Cage I I feel very good about saying John Travolta is a crap actor and he's always been a crap actor, so it's it is what it is. Nick Cage, you say he's not a good actor and people get angry real fast. Um and I don't I don't know, I have a hard time with him because like I don't super enjoy super weird Nick Cage, which is what he's been doing for the last like decade. And people love it. Like people really seem to, to enjoy this phase of his career. I don't, but it's in some ways it's more respectable than nineties action movie. Nick Cage is to me. I just, I don't think that I know that he can be a good actor. I have seen him do good stuff. I don't find him to be a particularly believable or charismatic action star. And I think I am in the vast, vast, vast minority on that. And that's just, you know, kind of the way it is. So you put together this person that I hate um, in John Travolta, both as a performer and a person, I hate him. Um, And then you add in a guy that I just like, I don't think that I enjoy Nick Cage the way most people seem to. And throw in the the direction on that and it's just i don't know when it, <laughs> that is definitely a movie that if i if 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 it gets brought up um in a group that i don't you know super know everybody that i'm talking to i just like stay quiet and don't say anything cuz i don't want to get into why i am the literal only <laughs> male that hates this movie but um but it you know now i'm out here advertising it on your podcast so i i I really think that that is not a good movie, and uh, I'm not I'm not doing a Skip Bayless thing where I'm I'm throwing out a hot take on you. It's I really think that is not a good movie, and those those two just are not what I, I do not enjoy them the way that other people seem to enjoy them. I guess it kind of fits in that run of Cage movies where it's like it's like this, uh, Con Air, yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds. Very, very important to me. That yeah. That is a movie yeah. that I, I will be covering on this podcast at some point. We, we will say stealing cars is a sport. Uh, sure. I love Gone in 60 yeah. Seconds. Face Off is the like the worst of those three. See, that's how I feel. So like the, the, the four Nick Cage action movies, of the, maybe I'm forgetting something, but like the Mount Rushmore of Nick Cage action movies from <laughs> oh, that Rock, time. Oh, The Rock, too. Yeah, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, and Gone in 60 Seconds. I love Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, and I think he, I think his brand of weird action guy works really well for that movie. And I, I think it, I think it's very good. I think The Rock is um, a very, a, a fun, very solid '90s movie. I think that Con Air 
is a really fun, solid '90s movie. In spite of Nick Cage, I think he's he's just so bad in that movie, and the Southern accent is atrocious. And it's it's he is kind of painful to watch, but the movie itself is is really successful and fun and all this sort of stuff. And then there's Face Off to me, and I think a lot of people go the reverse of that. I think most people really think Face Off is like the you know the the height of of '90s action movie, and it just it does not. Uh, does not work for me personally. I like those other three movies quite a bit, especially Gone in 60 Seconds. That one's definitely my favorite of, of the bunch. Well, because Gone in 60 Seconds and kind of some of the others too. Like if if I came to you today and said, hey, by the way, there's a movie coming out uh, here pretty soon that has Nick Cage and Robert Duvall as car thieves and Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant are playing cops tracking uh-huh. them down. Yeah. You're like, shut up and take my money. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, same with same with probably The Rock with Con Air with yeah. like John Malkovich as a crazed prisoner. You probably, if I come to you and I say, hey, Nick Cage and John Travolta are starring in a movie <laughs> where uh, yeah. they they exchange faces or like they're wearing each other's faces. Right. You're like, that's, that's I'm not going to no, say thank that. you. Yeah, that's, I'll, I'll pass yeah. on that. Pass on that, yeah. Yeah, that's a concept. Another one, another concept movie. I, I just, I have to get through all these. I thought In Time was such a cool concept. It wasn't very well executed. Justin yeah. Timberlake's not very good. Yeah. I, when that movie comes on FX, I, I watch a few scenes just because I'm so intrigued. I just, I, you don't see stuff like that get tried much anymore. Like that movie probably doesn't mm-hmm. get made if it's five years later, but I don't know. That's like two, that's like two and a half stars for me. Okay. I, I love, I love sci-fi. I'm a big, my, my dad was a sci-fi writer when I was a kid. Um, and I, I'm, I mean, I read a ton of science fiction and I love to watch science fiction movies. Um, I think that that is a, I think, I I think that's a great, it's great on the page. Like that's a great, uh, one page of like, Hey, what's your movie about? Here's the, here's what I'm selling you. Would you like to buy this? Yes, I would. That sounds awesome. And then the way it is put together, I haven't seen it since, since I watched it for the first time. That was the last time. Um, and you're definitely right. I mean, JT, what are we doing, my guy? Like, that's just... And even Amanda Seyfried, not good. Not good in that movie. Uh, Chili Murphy, not good in that movie. It's it's a it's a great concept, or at least a very good concept, that to me was... Within about 10 minutes was a movie where I'm like, oh, I'm, this is not, not going to be good. This is not going to be good. This did not... This this concept did not come together the way that uh, that we were hoping, personally. Every time I watch it, I always kind of think about how it could be better or what could have been changed, but I, I don't know why. I just, I always enjoy it. Let's, um, I want to wrap with a movie. This is just one that like, I just, like Rotten Tomatoes is not everything, but this is 90% fresh and Rotten Tomatoes. And I, I feel like everyone loved the lighthouse. Ugh. Brian Gill did not love the lighthouse at all. He gave oh. it half a star. And yeah. are, are you, you're here for Pattinson, right? Um, I have just in general, like this patent, this, this last new run. I think that I've been skeptical, I guess on our pats. It's, it, it it has taken me a while to like, to get what he's doing and to, to appreciate it. Um, it's not a, I know there's some people that hate Robert Pattinson because of Twilight and they're just like, he's in Twilight. It can't be good. I, that's not my, my bit. I just have always, everybody says every movie that he does, he's fantastic. And then I go and watch him just like, I mean, he's fine. I just, I don't, I don't know. It, he, he always leaves me a little bit cold, uh, but he's done a couple 
recently where I'm like, okay, I kind of, I see it now. Like I, I kind of understand, um, where we are going with or what, what, what he's going for, what we're, what we're doing here. I was trying to think of what it was that good I think he's really good in the King. Um, good time oh, yeah. was another, he has, yeah, he has so much limited screen time in the King, but he's really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but there's, there was something I was like, yeah, okay. I kind of see, I think he's good in tenant. I mean, that's not a great, um, like a, a performance stage, you know, for him or anything. But, but I think he's pretty solid in that. Um, anyway, I, I, I've, I've come around on, on where we're on, on what he, he brings to the table. Um, and so, yes, I, I, I'm fine with, with our pats. I, I was looking at the audience. I'm shocked that the audience score on this is 72%. That blows my mind. I knew it was super fresh critics wise. Um, this has I'm a higher sh- audience score than once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's that's mind boggling to me. Um I hate yeah, I hate I hate 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 this movie. It's it's a <laughs> and I took a lot of flack for it in our our Discord. Um it but it is like all the things that I just have absolutely no time for. I'm absolutely not here for. There's just this sort of um I don't know really even how to how to say this, but like the there's a certain type of film <laughs> that sort of feels like um, cinephile torture porn in a way where it's like, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, or like maybe in, in kinder terms, I guess, like it's like a firewalk or something. It's like you're, 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 it's, it's, we, you, it's like you're, you're putting yourself through just an absolutely miserable experience in order to be able to say that you watched it and that you like it. And it just seems so strange to me that, um, that's again, that's why I'm shocked that the audience score is as high as it is. Cause it just, I don't know, man, there's like, I could not think of a single person in my daily life after watching that movie. I'm like, yeah, I could tell that person to go see that. Like, what are we doing? Like it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not that deep. I'm not a super intelligent guy so maybe that's part of it maybe it's just completely over my head but it's it 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 very much reminded me i mentioned like english class in high school it reminded me of having that like junior year english teacher who ruins every every cool book by talking about how much symbolism there is and you're just like can we just read lord of the flies can we can we just read it could we (laughs) Could we just think that it's cool that these kids are on an island and they like kill each other and stuff? Like, is that's we can't do that? No, we have to. Okay, we got to ruin it. Um, it's so pretentious and so heavy, and the whole like it's shot in four three and it's black and white. I just like the whole movie. I felt like I could just sit at the top row just making fart noises. It's it's. <laughs> super super like again it's not my kind of movie so that i'm sure that has something to do with it but like there are thousands of movies that i can say i did not like that but that's fine if you do or hey i can acknowledge that that just really wasn't for me so whatever that's cool i'm glad that it's working for other people that was one where i was just like i just walked out being like i don't like are you sure? Are you is is this a bit? Are we all doing? Are all of you doing a bit where you're just saying that this is good so that other people go see it and also experience the pain that you just went through? It just doesn't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. The, I just the, the whole the whole thing drives me crazy, and it is of a very 
particular kind of art house cinephile movie that you're just like, well, we all have to like this, right? Because it's art housey, and then I just say, no, thank you, no, thank you to that. I cannot think of a better a better note to end on. That was that was that was very. <laughs> and that's much where a Brian treat. made a fart noise with his mouth. And all right, cool. We've <laughs> we've hit the height of podcasting here. Nothing will ever be better than this. Very, very much a treat, Brian. <laughs> gonna have to have you on again soon to cover a movie. Maybe Gone in sixty seconds. That might yeah, that might sure. have to be Love a winner. That. Uh, Tell the folks again where they can where they can follow you, where they can find your podcast, and where they can check you out on Letterboxd. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at bgill12. You can find me on Letterboxd. I believe it's just my name. I think it's just Brian at Brian Gill. It's one of the few I that I've it been... is at Brian Gill. Nice. It's it's one of the few that I've been able to get. Um, my there's somebody on Twitter who hasn't tweeted since 2008 who has at Brian Gill, and like every month I check, and he's still there. Um, but hasn't tweeted in, in, uh, you know, over a decade, but anyway, yeah. Shout out to the guy who has uh, at big screen sports, delete your account. Coward. That drives me crazy. There was somebody way back, not way back, but maybe three years ago, there, there was a, there was somebody who had a mad about movies. Um, and he hadn't tweeted in forever. And he used to, I want to say he, he used to write reviews in like, I don't know, like a little town in Oregon. And I, but he had contact info. So I messaged him and, and he very kindly gave up the screen name for us and stuff, which is very cool. But the person who has at Brian Gill on Twitter um, does not have any contact info. And it, I filed uh, multiple impersonation charges just to try to get the thing cleared. It has not worked. It has not worked. So I have done so, the same yeah. with uh, big screen sports. Super, super frustrating. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, you can find me there. And our show is Mad About Movies podcast and Spread the Floor podcast available on I think literally every uh, every podcast platform. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate, leave a review. You can find us on Twitter at big underscore screen sport, just sport. Uh, and if you want to support the show, join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash big screen sports. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, check out From Phenom to the Farm, my bi-weekly interview series with Baseball America. And we will catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.